0: You've joined us tonight on the first edition of the Agenda Busters podcast in our studio tonight. We have Stubby.
1: Hello, folks.
0: We have Baron Von Fuzzy Pants. What's going on, no, it's Baron Von Fuzzy? I like to pick on him though. <laughs> His mama named him Baron Von Fuzzy, <laughs> not right. Baron Von Fuzzy Pants.
1: That's right. I'm sorry, sir. I don't wear fuzzy pants.
0: And I am Felix De Barba. Also tonight, we have our friend David, David the Red.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: David is somebody that will pop in from time to time, and you might hear him, and he he might just Irish goodbye us from time to time.
1: That happens. These things happen.
0: Yeah, but he gonna do what he gonna do. The Agenda Busters podcast. What does that even mean? What is an agenda buster? What is an agenda and why do we have so many of them? Why have we got so many agendas, Baron?
1: I think people are trying to make money. That's what I think. A lot of agendas are based off of money. So agenda busters. What is agenda busters? Uh, you know, it's um, it's really what we want to be about, and it's really hard to kind of um, wrap all that in one statement. But we felt like Agenda Busters fit pretty well when you turn off your phone.
0: I'm going to turn the volume down there.
1: <laughs> no, I felt like, uh, you know, as we just kind of brainstormed about, like, what do we want be to be about, um, we want to be about bringing truth and bringing change, positive change in areas in the world. And that could be anywhere from, you know, local, local needs in your community to big world problems like pollution or what are some other things that we've, you know, drug, drug addiction,
0: human trafficking.
1: Yeah. Human trafficking.
0: Um, I know you said pollution, but, you know, climate change. Yeah, the, the different things that uh, seem people seem to be about and everybody seems
1: to have an opinion on race 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 issues, right? You know, there's so many things. So the one uh, the one thing we kind of see is that there's a lot of problems in our world and we actually believe there's actual real life solutions. But I believe a lot. None. Of, I believe a lot of the solutions are being missed. Mm -hmm. Because of agendas. And that's either, and a lot of it has to do with political agendas uh, or financial agendas. Where people are uh, politicizing problems such as pollution or climate change or race. They're politicizing it in a way that's not helping the issue. And it's not actually bringing uh, solutions into our culture uh, it's not bringing peace. It's not bringing, bringing love. It's not bringing unity. It's bringing uh, lies and, uh, you know, extortion, not extortions, but um, yeah, I guess an extortion of the truth um, of what the actual problem is. And then even a lot of the solutions that are brought forth are like either you agree with the solution as someone gives it, or you're like the devil, you know, or you're like the enemy. And it's like, You know, we gave the example of climate change. It's like, you know, either, you know, all climate change regulation is bad or, you know, everybody's got to be driving an electric car with a lithium battery, you know, or everyone's got to have solar panels on the rooftop. And those are the only two options when there actually might be a better option. There might be a better solution. But because of people's agendas, they've said, okay, and I think a lot of it's money motivated. Um, or politically motivated so that people are forced to pick sides and, uh, and kind of beat on the extremes of one side or the other and no actual, uh, problems get discussed, no issues, you know, like for example, just to, just to stick with the same example, climate change, what, what are we going to do with all these lithium batteries? What are we going to do with all these solar panels whenever they're obsolete, um, you know, what are we going to do with if, if we don't actually uh, keep pollution out of the rivers? You know, there's both sides of there. It's like you, it's not just one way or the other. There's actual solutions. So I think that kind of, you know, is just a real brief example of the type of thing we want to tackle. But we want to try to kick out uh, the extreme agendas that I think keep us from coming to actual viable solutions.
0: So one thing that I want to point out is you have to, first of all, to even start a conversation, you both have to agree that there is a problem, right? And so there are people on one side of the spectrum that say climate change isn't a thing, for instance. And then on the other side of the spectrum, it's like, well, it's the only thing, right? right. So if, you, if you're if you batting all the way from left or right field, you, you're not even going to come to the table for a discussion, So that's its own sort of agenda. Um, But those are agendas that don't even bring people to the table. Those are non-starters, right? Right. But the majority of of the country, the majority of the world even, kind of sits in the, well, you know, maybe climate change is a thing and maybe there is something that I can do about it. And then a little further over, it's like climate change is a thing and maybe, you know, it, it for sure is a thing. And maybe I can do something about it. And then you get a little further over. It's like, it is a thing, but what am I going to do about it? Right. Right. Or it is a thing. And here's what you do about it. And no questions asked. Right. Right. And then, yeah. Um, so, so there's, there's people all over the spectrum on a lot of the, the issues, the, the challenges that we'll be trying to bring to the table. And again, the the issue with agendas is there's only one way to solve it. right? Right. Or there's only one group of people that are important to consider their opinion when you're solving it. And, and especially on something like the race issue, right? Um, It is really, we've got this kind of idea in our head that, well, the only people that matter are this group or this class of people. When in reality, Issues of race pervade everyone, they affect everyone, and maybe they do affect one group of people or another group of people way out of balance. But the reality is that everybody needs to be able to come to the table and talk about these things and to come up with short-term and long-term solutions and not just say your short-term solution isn't good enough. The short-term solutions are great to put in place while we work on those long-term solutions. You know, we've got a problem that everybody wants everything and they want it all at once. Right. And that's just not reality. That's not realistic. You know, somebody going out on their own for the most part in this country can't just go out and buy all the things that they they want to buy. They can't buy all the things that that their boomer parents have, if you will, because their parents have taken a lifetime or half a lifetime to accumulate those things. But there's this idea that I can have everything and that I can have it all now. And that a lot of times gets in the way of being able to break those agendas down and come to the table and to discuss things in a meaningful way too.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I think, you know, you know, just like in on a lot of these issues is, you know, looking at history uh, with kind of an open eyes and saying, you know, well, where, where have we been? And, and where do we want to go? Um, but a lot of times people aren't really willing to even take an honest look at history. You know, for example, like in the race, well, the race uh, issue, issue of racism whatnot, uh, to look and say, okay, this is where we were 100 years ago. This is where we were 50 years ago. And where are we now? Where are we realistically right now? Right. And uh, what is some ways uh, forward through this? And, um, but the, I, in my opinion, like, with that, race uh, race problems or, or uh, racism issues or even like uh, climate change or the whole issue around COVID, you know, we might talk about that later tonight. What's going on with COVID is we're actually not coming to any solutions because people are polarizing. And it seems like there's a financial motiv- motivation or a political motivation to keep the problems problems because if the problems can continue to remain problems, And if they can divide, you know, if they can divide us, you and me on these problems or me and my neighbor, you know, then they can, uh, you know, I don't know. It just seems like there's a, there's a a motive there outside of what everyday everyday American people or world people are dealing with.
0: So so let me let me just ask because I have my opinions as to to who they are as well. In your mind the, the phrase they is thrown around a lot and I realize that it can be made to represent different groups of people depending on the conversation. But when you talk about the they that is um trying to keep problems out there trying to keep people divided so that solutions can't be come to like, who, who are you really talking about? Like if I ask, if I ask Barron, Barron, who are you talking about when you say they,
1: I think it would be the elites of our society. Okay. I I really do. And I, you know, I don't know if it is, uh, I mean, you could point at different political leaders. Maybe, maybe they are them or whatever, but, it seems like it's not your average uh, everyday American, you know what I'm saying?
0: So are we, we're talking about people that have money, people that have political power.
1: So, for example, and I, this is something that just came up today, you know, uh, Pelosi, uh, Senator, I think Senator, right? Senator Pelosi is worth, Oh, I wish I remembered the exact number. It's like a hundred and four million dollars. It's a lot of scratch. She makes two hundred thirty-four, two hundred. I don't know the exact number. You know, two hundred something thousand dollars a year as a senator, and I, I, think, man, she's been there twenty years or longer. Um, so it's like, how does this person? And the the particular article I was reading today was talking about um, insider trading and how her portfolio is is one of the uh and, and and mind you Pelosi has the regulatory power of her under her to to regulate all these tech companies right and a lot of these other companies that are literally in her portfolio and she has one of the the best portfolios out there like it's the top performing portfolio so how does a senator who makes 234 thousand dollars a year become a 101 millionaire you know to where she's got 101 million she says that she speaks for the people but when you look at it you know she just bought a mansion down in florida you know she's from california she's not representing her her people in california she's got this mansion down in florida she's not representing the people she's doing stuff to pop to to pat her own pocket that's what i see so and again is she the issue, or is someone just paying her? I don't know. You know, is it corporations? Is it these tech corps that are like, hey, you know, we're going to give you shares, we're going to make you a millionaire if you pass these, these laws for us? I don't know all the, I, you know, I don't really know all the details of that, but she's not solving the American people's problems. Is right. my point, point. and she's part of the problem. And, so, I, and and she's a Democrat. And I know some of those that are listening are like, yeah, 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 and then some are like, oh. You know, he's a Republican or something. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. There's Republicans that are worth millions of dollars as well because of the same type of thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that the, the biggest difference that you see is that, um, and and this is not 100% true all the way across the board, but typically the people that you see more on the Democrat side of things that have the power and have the money you find in politics. And typically the people that you see on the Republican side of things that have the power and and have the money are in business, right? Um, So it's not that there aren't corrupt people with money that are calling shots on the other side of the, the spectrum too, just maybe they're in different places. So another thing that we actually wanted to point out on this show or bring out on this show is that, agendas aren't just a government thing they're a corporation thing and to have the idea that you know government has all the power and the corporations have none of the power is kind of false too and you might have been able to make this argument a couple of you know a couple hundred years ago right but um but for the longest time especially in the 20th century when you actually look at, you know, industrial, <clears throat> industrial corporations, and then moving into the 20, 21st century, you have the technology and the social media corporations. Um, I mean, there's a lot of power in those corporations, maybe just as much as in government.
1: Oh yeah. Especially when, you know, a lot of these uh, corporation heads, and again, that would be part of the, they is, is what I would say. Um, you know, a lot of these corporate heads or, or, top people in these uh, corporations, they sit on committees or they're advising uh, political figures, you know, like on the uh, um, wish I wasn't planning on bringing this up tonight, but the uh, basically the, the organization that was created to, to kind of monitor or uh, feed the news organizations like.
0: So like the AP or Reuters or things of that nature.
1: Yeah. And the, you know, they're, they have, Kind of this committee that comes together and says, oh, this is how we're going to present the news to keep from getting false information out there. Sure. Right. Well, there's a whole committee that, that decides what these uh, corporate media outlets, um, what they put out. And it needs to line up with what this committee decides. Basically, they, they put out and say, okay, this is what this is how we're going to communicate this so that we don't communicate false well, there's people from like Pfizer, from all these other corporations that actually sit on that committee that are helping drive, uh, I guess, what you'd call the narrative or what's being put out in the in in the in the, uh, in the media. And so it's like, why do we have corporations? Like, why does Pfizer sit on there? Or why does anyone from Facebook or Google, like, why are they actually advising what the news is going to be? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so that's a whole, we could spend a whole show on that. But to me, it's like there's all these little red flags that I see that basically say the people who are saying they're trying to help are not really trying to help. They're trying to pad their pockets, right? They're trying to help themselves. Yeah. They're trying to help themselves. Right. And the American people are, and the people of the world are the ones that are suffering. Um,
0: and this is not a. I just want to point out to anybody that might be listening: this is not a new problem. This is a problem that's been around for centuries and millennia, however you want to look at it. The reality is that those in power have always used those that are not in power to to help themselves, right? right. But somehow in in our you know current society, we get the idea that we're advanced to the point that we're beyond that, or at least there's you know enough people that that believe. No, that couldn't possibly exist. We've moved past that. You know, we we lived in a completely democratic society, right? And the reality is that that there the people that have always been in power. Why would we think that all of a sudden that power just disappears because we're in a more advanced century? Right. So again, this isn't conspiratorial. This is historical,
1: right? It's just reality. I mean, we, you know, we're kind of stuck between these two worlds of of a corporate run. Uh, state and a political run state, you know, like, I mean, that's really where we're at. And actually it's kind of one in the same or it, it appears to be, I mean, that's kind of how I see, uh, I don't know, maybe that's the divide between the Republican and Democrat Party. One of them wants it to be a, more of a corporate-run state, and the other one wants it be to, to be more of a government-run state.
0: Right. And, and in either of those cases, we're not talking about a, a populist-run state, right? We're not talking about anything run by the people. And if there was any – I'm not suggesting that it should be run this way because every form of government has its, um, its drawbacks. And having a government that ran purely on popular vote – could be just as influenced, you know, by by people, by parties, by um, organizations, by corporations, um, just by you know who is providing the service, who's paying the bills, right? Nobody's outside of corruption, but I would say that if we wanted to have a society that was popular in nature if we wanted to have a society and um, to where you know the people are the ones that make the decisions we're more set up for that now with our technological connection we're more set up for that now than we ever have been it's actually possible now if we wanted right. to do it it's possible to do it now yeah whereas representative government was the only choice that we had um because not everyone has the ability to participate in the process at the same level. And just the time factor of communicating back and forth, it, it just wasn't
1: there. Right. When even, uh, even a, you know, like a representative, if people uh, or if the politicians actually represented their people, but when you've got so much money involved and, you know, you have politicians that are worth, you know, they go in worth uh, nothing and then they come out worth a hundred and something million dollars off a $234,000 salary. Uh, and right. a lot of that is from, from trader trading on the stock market, you know, companies that you regulate, you know, and again, that's just one example. I right. to pick on one person. Cause I think it's, it seems like it's done kind of across the board.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. So they, so our, our idea um, for this podcast or our thought behind this podcast is to take the, Agendas from they, whether they be on one side of the board or the other side of the board. And and a friend David kind of presented the idea to us when we were, you know, kind of pondering this and talking about it, that it's not that an agenda is bad. Right. An agenda needs to be tried it needs to be proven right it needs right. to be beat on to see if it cracks It needs to um, be taken and turned upside down to see if if uh, corporations and senators fall out of its pockets you know it, it needs to you know we, we need to take it to task and, and see what happens with it and right. it needs to be proven right yeah like you put gold into the fire and you beat out the impurities. And you, you melt it down again, and you scrape off the scum. You know, that's that's the idea of busting an agenda, right. is seeing what's inside, right? You don't bust a geode. I, I was thinking my son's into rocks. You don't bust a geode because you don't like it, right? right. You bust it so you can see what's inside. Yeah. And he's got some... I'll, I'll tell you, the kid loves rocks. I've seen some of his geodes. It's like, wow, that was a disappointment. right? You, know, you crack it open, and it's just more rock yeah a little little shimmer a little sparkle there and then he's got others that you bust them open and it's like this amethyst geodes and it's like oh
1: it's beautiful
0: or a thunder egg or whatever the idea is but you got to bust it so that you can know what's inside
1: right what what's really inside it
0: and you should be willing to have your agenda busted you should be willing to have somebody take a hammer swing at your agenda because if it if it's good it's gonna hold up right right if it's corrupt it's going to fall apart at the seams. It's going to break up, you know, you're going to have bureaucrats running this way and that when the agenda busts open like a Trojan horse. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the idea of, of agenda busting.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I get the picture of like, um, you know, whether it's a a fossil or or something like, you know, you got to break all the peripheral stuff off, you know, because, I think that's part of the issue. Is you know, for example, just to jump back on the climate change, I think there is, um, you know, there's some some things that there's things that need to be talked about, and there's uh, solutions that that need to be that we need to come to. Um, but I think we're missing a lot of those because of some of those peripheral issues that are actually being utilized for political gain. Sure, that's, that's kind of my belief on it, and I think there's a lot of things. You know, even the drug, the war on drugs, uh, the war on incarcerations and stuff like that. You know, there's there's real problems there, but a lot of it is not we're not race, racism, race inequality. There there's actual problems there, but there's actual solutions, too. But those solutions, it seems to me the politicians don't actually want to find them
0: so i I just want to throw something out there because you're saying things and like especially from my my past life if you will or opinions that i've had at certain points you know at at certain points in time in history i would have considered myself a very conservative person and would have probably you know pushed the paper towed the line um you know stood in the echo chamber and and you know smiled all the way all the way home right Mm -hmm. um not so much there anymore at all. Um, in certain ways. Yeah. I have a very conservative mindset in other ways. I surprise people around me with how liberal they consider me to be. Right. Right. So, you know, I'm kind of doing my best to maybe develop a little bit more holistic view of things. Yeah. But when you say things like the war on drugs, that automatically oh, like, yeah. <laughs> trips off alarm bells everywhere. And you just, you know, in a certain sense, kind of lost half the audience. Right. Oh, right? No, you're right. And we're bringing them back in. But the, <laughs> the, you know, the whole idea is that you have to agree that there's a problem before you can talk about a problem. So when you say things like the war on drugs, drugs are a problem. Right. N- nobody in their right mind would say drugs are not a problem or at the very least addiction is a problem. Yeah right? Because people are going to always find ways to feed their addictions, right? But addiction is a problem, but in that drugs are a means to an end, right? To have an addiction fed, like what do we do about it? What do we do about drug trafficking? What do we do about prison sentences for those that are on drugs or not prison sentences for those that are on drugs treatment programs? You know, what do we do? So when we say the war on drugs, you know, it's, it's very broad and it means, you know, very polarizing things to depending on what side of the argument, like enough to actually shut down the conversation. Right. And that's what we want. We want to, you know, take clear all the smoke away. We want to clear the table, you know, bring all these things to the middle and say, OK, drugs are a problem. Addiction is a problem. Prisons are a problem, regardless of what side you fall on. You know, whether you think that there aren't there isn't adequate guard staffing or adequate programs to help people that are in prison to come out recuperated, if you will, right? Or whether you believe that prison itself is the problem and leads to further societal breakdown, right? You've got to be able to come to the table. You've got to be able to put those opinions that are on your far left and on your far right aside long enough to actually put the problem on the table and discuss it and see what it is and come to maybe some sort of agreement on exactly what the problem is. Right. Right. And
1: what what kind of solutions there are, or maybe there might be multiple, you know, even on that, the whole prison thing, I was just thinking there's, there's actually a, a group who thinks, you know, uh, it's kind of the extreme no one should ever be put in prison, prison, uh, except for like, you know, the extreme worst of the worst. And then there's the other side that everyone pretty much that, you know, does anything that's against the law should end up in prison, you know, maybe at differing scales, but you know, there's kind of the extremes on both sides. Uh, but you know, to actually talk about prison reform or, um, you know, Reforming individuals or whatever, like you have to kind of like come away from those sides and kind of take a little bit of a deeper look at it and not get polarized,
0: right? Right? So, prison reform, we're gonna talk about it, military, we're gonna talk about yeah, it,
1: yeah, gotta hit it up,
0: you know, uh, uh, political reform, we're gonna talk about it, oh man, right? Yeah, and, and maybe we're gonna talk about that a lot, you know, um, reform in. And I know this is a hot-button issue as well, but reform in large church organizations where there's corruption. Yeah. Right. We're going to talk about that, too. The idea is that we're going to bring it all to the table, no matter how sensitive it is, no matter how much you want to turn off your your computer or your phone and just run away from it when you hear us bring these things up. we all talk about it. And you're probably going to yell at your device, right? (laughs) Just as if somehow we were going to, we're going to hear you. Right. Um, because we're, we're going to talk about the things that we don't want to talk about. Right. Cause the only way, the reason that that issue gets so much under your skin, and I want you to hear this from kind of a psychological perspective. The reason that it gets so much under your skin is because at your core level, you feel like there's nothing that can be done about it. Or that nothing's going to be done about it because no one agrees on what the solution is. And that's true. But that's its own problem, right? That's what we got to get past. And, you know, a couple of guys set up here in a small studio, a guest from time to time, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, um, they'll spark something. Right. Yeah. I, I don't have any huge ambitions, but maybe we'll spark something. Maybe we'll just change a few minds so that a few people start to think about things a little bit differently. And, and maybe, you know, they'll they'll talk to their friends in that way. Maybe it'll, you know, just give a little bit of courage to, to talk about things that people don't want to talk about. And, you know, that's good enough. Yeah. Right. A little bit at a time we'll
1: get the job done. Yeah. You might find that you have uh, have some some people that you would have never thought would be your friends, you know? Right or people that you agree with, you know this. Uh, I remember. I'm not going to go into it, but there was a, a customer that I was working for, and and uh, her husband had a very differing opinion than I did uh, on a topic, and she was sharing with me how it was bothering him and how he couldn't sleep because he had all this fear about you know this this issue, and he was kind of on the other side. He was a little bit more extreme uh, than kind of the stance I was taking but it was interesting to hear from her perspective why he had the fear he had about this certain uh, topic and I just thought it was interesting you know and that actually happened to to be about the the, our last election but it was interesting to see kind of where he was and where I was and to think oh wow he's got he's got these things are actually he actually feels deeply about them, and he, he he's a nice guy and, uh, and she was a very nice gal, but it was interesting to hear her perspective or there, and, and we were talking about stuff that we, you know, we both agreed on a lot of things. Like we were talking about some prison, uh, like drug reform and stuff like that, prison reform and, and things. And there's a lot of things that we agreed on, uh, school, we were talking about different school things, just all kinds of things we were talking about race. You know, and it was funny, we all, we agreed that there was a problem and we actually had a really good conversation, but we were both on the opposite sides and we both had the same concerns for almost the same reason. It's just, we kind of looked at it different. So, you know, that was, that's one of the things that kind of opened my eyes to be like, you know, I, I really should consider how people who are kind of opposite of me think and why certain things bother them, why it gets under their skin.
0: And, and when you understand why somebody feels the way that they do about something, then maybe you can get to addressing those concerns. It seems like the way that we go about it nowadays though, is when somebody has a, you know, to to them, a very legitimate, heartfelt concern about something we just point and laugh, right? Right. Yeah. Like they're just being a big baby.
1: Yeah. They're ridiculous or whatever.
0: And they're doing the same thing. They're pointing back and going, they're just being big babies. They're ridiculous, right? They, they need their Baba. They need their security blanket, you know, where the case may be. And, And at the core of them is something that is legitimate and truly heartfelt. And maybe, You know, I'm looking at it with the wrong lens and maybe they're looking at it with the wrong lens and let's get a little more personal. Maybe you and I are looking at things through slightly different lenses, right? But if we can see what each other's perspective is and realize that that came from somewhere, right? That didn't just fall out of the ether, that those perspectives came from somewhere, whether it's how we were raised or how we've been trained since then by society or trained by our experiences,
1: or the news we listen to. Right. Like which articles is a, we read. A
0: big, big, big piece, yeah. right? If you have an opinion about something, you probably didn't get it by yourself. Right. Not always. Yeah. Right? It, it's certainly possible to go to a primary source and just see what happened and to formulate an opinion. And I think we should do that a whole lot more often rather than trusting a person to aggregate everything for us and then listening to what they think about all of it. Right. Get into some dangerous places that way. I wouldn't allow my son to do that for his school projects. Right. right? And and I I shouldn't allow myself to do it for the opinions that I'm forming on things. Right, right
1: but that takes a lot of work, you well, know.
0: Well it does. So maybe if we're not willing to put in the work, our opinions shouldn't be quite so strong. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably true you know, we should, we should probably be careful. And that's one of the things like with that last example I was talking about, I realized that, you know, he was getting his information one from one side of the story and I was getting more of my information from kind of the other side of the story. And I had my own concerns and he had his concerns. Um, But it, it just allowed me to think, you know, just like I get my information from over here and I'm viewing it through this lens you know he's getting his information from over there and so you know for me it was kind of maybe i need to dig in a little bit more and you know i think sometimes you find that some of the stuff you've been told or or some of the stuff you've read just isn't true and it's it's maybe not as bad as you thought or maybe it's worse you know you might find that it's worse or or it's opposite of what you thought
0: right <clears throat> right sometimes you'll find you know sometimes you'll find that there are no monsters under the bed right where you thought there were and then sometimes you'll find that unbeknownst to you maybe you're the monster under the bed and you didn't even realize it right the point is we got to talk about it to figure these things out yeah so i would like to actually talk about some of these things here in a few minutes you know just kind of an intro show to let you know what we're about um um i think that you know uh, uh, this far into it maybe we'll go to a little bit of a break yeah and we'll come back and and we'll maybe dig into some of this nitty-gritty dig dig in you know start to eat get some meat and potatoes on this thing
1: tearing some stuff up
0: all right well let's go ahead and take a little break and we'll be back here in just a few minutes play us out We are back, the Agenda Busters podcast. First half of the show, telling you what we're about. The second half of the show, breaking it down. Break, break, break it down. Busting it. Busting it up.
1: Bust that agenda. Let's bust it, baby.
0: All right. So, what is? what do we want to do? What do we want to try to bust apart tonight?
1: Oh, you know, I don't think we can, like, completely bust it apart. But I think we can bust, we can bust up some COVID oh, stuff that's going on out there. I would love
0: to bust up some COVID. Yeah, yeah. We'd like a, to be
1: done with it, right? Like yeah. Everybody's done with it.
0: So there's a town that's just a few miles away from where we are, and it seems like half the town has it. Oh yeah. Has has the Covacron, Covacron Delta B, Covacron,
1: <laughs> the Omicron. Yes. Yes. Have you heard of a uh,
0: Florona florona no I haven't
1: So it's so weird you know we're gonna be talking about the new articles and stuff the new um, headlines that are coming out just like in the last couple of days and the shift that we've seen just in the last couple of days in, in articles uh, headlines but one of them about a week ago was uh, maybe a little less than a week ago I saw florona was hitting hitting everywhere. And all the titles were like, "Flurona's come to America. And, you know, it's just like this real kind of like scare tactic. You know, of course, it's clickbait. You know, they're trying to get people to click on it, I'm sure. But it's, it's always <laughs> using that fear, right? So I, I ended up, I'm like, what are they saying about Flurona? Like, so I jumped in there. And basically, it's when someone gets Corona, Omicron, or Delta with the flu. You know, I bet that's not too much fun. Oh, I bet that sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: you know, I, I, I'm i feeling I'm feeling a little dirty. I knew what we were going to talk about. I didn't have to ask you. See, I had an agenda. Right. And my agenda oh. was to make this broadcast interesting by being like, oh, let's put some mystery up in this thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I knew what we were going to talk about. We're going to talk about some coronavirus.
1: We're going to talk about the virus. You got the virus. All I, right.
0: How do you know you got it? Should we break out the nasal swab now? Nah, done that already. Touch the bottom of Jim's eyeball. <laughs> Stubby. <laughs> Sorry about that. Stubby Jim. Yeah.
1: Starting his toe.
0: Yeah. There we go. There we go. Get underneath it. The bamboo reeds. No.
1: Yeah. So um, as far as coronavirus tonight, you know, like I said, there's so much we could touch on this and there's a couple of hot topics right now that I just don't think we can avoid. One of them. Is one of your favorite people? Actually, I don't even know what you think of her, but AOC. Ah, oh, AOC. And tax the rich. Yeah, tax the rich. Tax oh, the that's rich. A whole, we could talk. We could talk <laughs> about tax the rich. I mean, just the hypocrisy of all that. Right, right. The whole deal with her dress, but anyways, we ain't gonna do that though. Are we? That's not the hypocrisy we're talking. Oh, about. there's oh more. We're talking about the COVID. Hypocrisy. Ah,
0: gotcha, gotcha. So
1: she is like a COVID mask advocate. You know, she is like the Hitler of COVID mask. Whoa!
0: First show, and you're already using the H word. I know. Yeah, we're gonna get banned. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna let you roll that back. Roll that back. The (laughs) Bill Gates. (laughs) wow did you just <laughs> compare all right no, we're no no
1: bill gates is the boss that's what i mean he's like the boss of so, this company you know he's like the head cheese it could be the uh <laughs> the donald uh, trump of trump towers you know like uh-huh. just like that like she is the boss the red flag waving mask mandate loving gal From New York, where they have some of the strict strictest strictest is that you say strictest? (laughs) Sure, yeah, Um, mandates and vaccine mandates, mask mandates, all this stuff shut down. She is from there, and Mm -hmm. she has criticized old Rebel Ron DeSantis from down there in Florida, and how he needs to. Follow some of these other states and, and their mandates. But then, you know, when you do that, you probably shouldn't go to Florida. But even if you do go to Florida, you mask should probably up. mask up, right? Yeah, mask if, up. If that's your thought, if you want to mask when you go to Florida, or if you think that mask should be mandated to protect people, and you're going to wave the flag, then when you go to Florida to hang out with your friends and to have dinner out on the town you might want to mask up especially when you're a public figure because she got busted
0: busted busted <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I don't know I but don't know. we need some stronger sound effect let's try that again busted is that a good busted I don't know I, I kind of like that <laughs> no no the, the air horn are we are, yeah there we go busted oh, yeah,
1: a, let's try it again busted, busted. <laughs> <laughs> i can't find the right button uh it's okay this is a lot of fun oh, all, right. Man. all right yeah sorry about that but uh no yeah she busted we didn't even have to bust her right she busted herself
0: so here's the deal right i think and and i know that not everybody agrees with me i know that you don't necessarily agree with me no i don't i think that wearing a mask
1: it it ridiculous
0: no no let <laughs> hear me out hear me out i'm giving you a hard We're, time wearing a mask does seem to be effective to keep me from sneezing and getting my germs over on you right
1: i, I agree 100 with you yeah right
0: right so from that standpoint i think wearing a mask you know if covid is as bad as we say it is and this that's another thing we should talk about is the omicron maybe doesn't right right. the omicron is maybe the new seasonal bug that we have to deal with and that's an inconvenience to our lives but not not a killer right yeah
1: not shut down entire globes right right
0: so you know during during delta season right i think that wearing a mask is a pretty good idea if you're going to be rubbing elbows with people for the most part right omicron you know maybe not so much so i was a mask advocate yeah right but i wasn't waving the mask banner right and right. i think there's a difference so if i had chosen even though i have a you know i had a, a pretty strong conviction that wearing a mask was a good idea right right if i'm going to be waving the banner i better be wearing that mask out to everything that i'm doing
1: oh for sure yeah if yeah you're gonna be uh you know you're gonna be crazy about it you know you you're gonna get busted, you know if you're not toting the line, and a lot of these politicians that have been super uh pro mask mandate and just almost yeah militant about it, you know they just keep getting busted you know early yeah. on Pelosi when she got busted down at the uh at uh, the salon the salon and Eating trying to think you know a lot of the Republicans... at the
0: ice cream at the salon <laughs> right
1: a lot of the Republicans <laughs> got busted, but most of them didn't care right you right know? and so Um, you know, whatever, they didn't care. So that's it. Yeah. You know, as far as the mask, you know, I think, you know, I think that like short-term use of some of these um, thinner fabric mask are beneficial. And like you said, you know, for like sneezing, but you know, for me, like I sneeze into my shirt or into my arm or something like that, you know, I feel like that's just as good. I mean, I'm, Some of these masks, like if you sneeze into that mask, it's literally just going to blow right through.
0: Yeah. And that's actually a really good point. You know, if you are going to wear a mask, if you are going to wave the flag, it's important that you have a mask that fits pretty snugly around. Right, at least snugly enough that you're blasting it up into your eyeballs or down into your shirt, and and not just you know it finding a nice little path around.
1: Oh yeah, like pushing through the fabric. Yeah, that's not right. going to do much. Uh, there was one study, and man, I, I actually didn't think we were going to talk about this tonight, but I think it showed that like you know you're most of the masks that most people wear, they don't really do anything, um, but the N95s provide a little bit. And then obviously, you know, you can get better mask from there. But uh, I'll have to look at that study.
0: So when I had my, we had a nice lady that lives in the next town over um, offer to make us mask. And she made it with a double fabric layer construction. It's got the the, um, elastic band. Mm -hmm. So we're able to pull it tight and it forms a, you know, kind of had some thought going into it masks like that are somewhat effective
1: yeah they're better than just a than piece of single layer
0: right now my son who doesn't have the same convictions as me wears this like gator it's basically like actually you know what it is it is a recycled like mini halter top <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah no i have one of those you know what yeah. i'm talking about oh, yeah i love them
1: yeah yeah and they're great they won't let you wear them on planes anymore
0: I mean, they're great for breathing in, I, though.
1: I about got crucified Did by you? the American airline employees. I mean, they were like...
0: The unknown airline name employees. Yes. Gotcha. gotcha. I, no,
1: I said one of the American...
0: Oh, one of the American companies Yeah, that the owns American an airline. Gotcha. One of the airline companies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing with you.
1: I'm not, not going to call out a company. I mean, no. It, it actually... Uh,
0: it's okay. Call them out.
1: It, it, it's all of them. You all can't, of them. You can't wear them anymore. You can't wear gators and you... What else? Oh, you can't use a handkerchief.
0: Right. Right. I, but, you know, here's the thing. I, I got to at least applaud them for that because gators aren't effective, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah, no. I mean, they don't do anything. It, it was basically, <laughs> it was just face jewelry at that point and like not even pretty face jewelry.
1: My wife, uh, well, I'm not, anyways, we're, uh, I'm getting derailed here. So AOC hypocrisy. No,
0: I want to hear about your wife.
1: Uh, she's awesome.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. AOC. Yeah.
1: AOC. Who so. is not your wife? No. <laughs> No, no. You know what's funny? So speaking of not my wife. So she gets called out and her response to the Republicans is they're just mad because they want to date me. No. That was her response. You're you're
0: not even kidding me right I'm now. I'm
1: not. I I thought it was a joke.
0: Oh my word. Her
1: response was they're just mad because they want to date me.
0: You think forever. I'm pretty? You wanna date me? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh no, yeah. So that that's uh, crazy. I'm gonna see if I can pull this up real fast. All right. No, not the dating part. I'm I'm done with that. I don't want to. I don't want to harp on her too much. The but,
0: AOC dating uh, game.
1: And then the joke after that was like, "Not nah, okay." So she catches COVID, right? Now she has COVID. Right after she's down there in Florida, maskless.
0: But you know what? Let's think about that. Because there's more COVID. Because there's less masks. More COVID in Florida, right? More COVID.
1: Actually, Florida's doing better than places. Yeah, I know. Was, places. I was just joking. But around. they got hit hard in the fall, or in, the, in like September, October, I think. They got like... It was actually funny because all the the mainstream media and all that was like really hammering Florida back then, and now Florida is like doing well, and they're not talking about Florida, but a lot of these other states are doing bad. It's just you know it's seasonal kind of deal, you know. Sure. When I got hit sure. then. I don't think I don't know that it has much to do with mask or not.
0: Sure. Okay. So from an agenda busting standpoint, right? What? AOC. I'm sorry. Is it rude that I call her AOC?
1: I think she goes by AOC. I mean, and, and that's
0: cool. I mean, as long as she's cool with it, that I'm not like, trying. I'm really not trying to be rude on that front, right?
1: Oh, if that's not what she, I, I see it written in in all sorts of publications. AOC.
0: Okay, perfect. I think that that's something that at least at the beginning the right wing kind of coined as because you know it, it's hard it's hard for right wing people to say all them Spanish names right no i'm playing wow yeah i know you just
1: lost our you know some of our viewers yep there they, the they went oh wait oh. we don't have any yet oh okay all right our listeners
0: if you're listening now and you're our first listener just stop listening that's right all right Public hopefully service
1: someday this will be video
0: yeah i'd would really like that i'd like for you to be able to see my beautiful face um Can you wear a... Pa- I wish you'd be wearing a paper bag right now, oh. if I'm being honest. No. <laughs> it's getting rough in here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, AOC, you want to date me. And yeah. then you were pulling up something. I'm sorry.
1: I don't know. I really knows. derailed us. Um, yeah, and then, uh, and then somebody's like, apparently COVID wanted to date you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> COVID wants to date everybody. <laughs> yeah. COVID is like the creepy guy on the corner that like is, you know, eyeing two young people sideways. Um, you know the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, anyway. So Omicron, it doesn't seem to be, and we can talk about this a little bit, and I think everybody knows by now, and thank God, Omicron doesn't seem to be the killer that Delta was.
1: No, yeah, it's not as uh, intense. Of course, it could be because so many people got wiped out by delta right and and, not wiped out but hit you know yeah
0: well i mean wipe wiped out is it's a very flexible term right yeah yeah i'm not talking about like taken out right right yeah um why do you think it is now and i don't want to jump too far ahead of you why do you think it is now that florida maybe isn't having as much trouble with covid
1: I think they've had some increased cases, um, but I don't think it's that serious of a spike. I think, um, well, they, you know, they're saying that the immunity isn't as great, um, as what it has been in the past, like the natural immunity and, and even the immunity from the, the vaccine, um, So I think that's uh, obviously that's not playing as much into it, but that I think there still is some immunity, and uh, especially when you start digging into like T cell immunity. So you know I think there is that, and a lot of you know a lot of people got hit with Delta, and uh, and the thing is Delta Omicron, from what I understand, is Delta with a slice of uh, like um, the genetics or whatever of a common cold. Um, right, right. That was kind of what came out first. I haven't heard much more about that, but that was kind of... Basically, the common cold and Delta were in a cell together, and as they... Um, uh, reproduced, not re- They didn't reproduce. <laughs> as the as the cells... Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Anyways, as they... Mount Wow. Well well. Yeah, as they reproduced themselves, <laughs> they got crossed and... <laughs> And uh, some of the information Cross po-
0: cross-pollinated. <laughs> Cross. Oh
1: wow! <laughs> very scientific here. Anyways, yeah. So they got cross-pollinated, and you know, Delta picked up a picked up a little bit of the cold uh, genetics, and so that's actually what ended up being a good thing. Yeah, it ended up being a good thing. That was kind of what I had originally heard. So,
0: so, so I, that was a very leading question, and I I apologize. I had an agenda. I was going somewhere with oh, this. Oh man!
1: Bring your agendas. I'll bust it up.
0: So. And again, hindsight is busting your own agenda. I know, right? So hindsight is twenty twenty. I get that we had no way of knowing. Right. But let me throw something out there: I'll had we been going. a little less rigorous in our approach at the beginning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: might COVID have hooked up with the common cold a little bit sooner?
1: Man, if we had had in, uh, foresight, yeah, we could have taken COVID and bred it with the common cold. And I'm saying, bread it, you scientists, people, you know, that's not what I mean. But we could have, you know, we could have done what they did in the lab in Wuhan, right?
0: Oh, gain of function. Yeah. Gain of function could, research we, in we your could, garage.
1: We could have done some anti-gain of function. <laughs> okay. You know, to where it's like, let's do something that's, yeah, maybe it will be more transmissible, but it's going to be less effective or less uh, toxic or less deadly.
0: Right. Right.
1: So, you know, we could have done that in a lab.
0: Yeah, but again, what we didn't know, right? Because maybe it picked up the maybe it would was gonna pick up the transmissibility and keep all of its nastiness, right? So we didn't know.
1: But we could have create I mean, you know, it appears as though it came out of a lab. We created the the worse virus. <laughs> so why couldn't we make the worse virus less worse?
0: Right, right. So uh, what you're saying, so it's not misunderstood, is... <coughs> pardon me. If the if those that... It, it appears now more and more every day that this was potentially some sort of lab leak type scenario, right? Yes. We know for a fact these viruses were being worked on. We know where they were being worked on. We know when they were being worked on. We know... Where it it
1: originated.
0: Right, right. So it
1: just happened to originate, you know, a block away from the Wuhan virology lab where they're dealing with bat coronaviruses. Right.
0: So take that that (laughs) as you will.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not accusing anyone. No,
0: Yellow Brick Road, right? Yeah. All, All roads lead to the Emerald City.
1: I think the ultimate point is we know we're doing that type of studies. They've done that type of studies, even right. if that's not, let's just say that's not, let's say it's false.
0: Right, not the case with this virus. Yeah, let's say that's fake
1: news. We have the technology. Yeah, fake news. We have the technology, right? That's true. Right? So if we're making viruses, we're doing gain, we're giving gain of function, we're doing gain of function on them. Why can't we do like a reduction of function? Right. Because that, you know, like why like, did we think? Well, of almost
0: like a backburn, right? Yeah. You got a field; it's blazing across. You know, or you got a field on fire; it's blazing across. It's going to hit the town, right? Right. So when the wind dies down, you do a backburn, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is that you burn it back away from the field, so that when the main fire gets there, you've already used up all the fuel, right, uh, in the direction it was burning. Yeah. So so kind of a coronavirus backburn. Yeah. If you will get it out there, and, and you know, again, we don't know what would have happened.
1: Yeah, we don't even know what we're talking about. But this, but we were so
0: scared of it.
1: Here's the point. Yeah. Here's the point, and this comes back to the agenda busters. Agenda busters. Agenda busting. Here's the point. It appears that the lab leak theory was uh, was fought by Dr. Fauci and some of these other doctors associated with the lab over there who had worked with them. Maybe they were afraid they were going to get busted. Or or maybe they just thought, maybe maybe it wasn't the lab leak, but they just thought, we're associated with that. We can't have people thinking this even. I don't know what the motive was. But there appears to have been, early on, a concerted effort to silence anyone about the lab leak Right.
0: Anybody that had that
1: idea. Anybody that was going to put that idea, you know, right. getting kicked off Twitter. You know, that was not accepted. It was not accepted in the mainstream media. And there's also been a concerted effort, it appears to me, to limit um, to go any route other than vaccine. Okay. You know what I'm Sure, saying? yeah. Like, There hasn't been a push for treatments, right? There hasn't been a a push for alternatives, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe the alternative is to create a less deadly virus, right? Or maybe the alternative is getting some uh, therapeutics out there. It doesn't seem like there was a big push for that. It was like, no, we've got, you know, uh, operation warp speed, right? Right. And that's the only thing, you know, Pfizer and Moderna, they're going to save the day or Johnson and Johnson, all these uh, companies that are they're going to create something new. So for whatever reason, there was I feel like there was an agenda there and I don't know if it was to make money or I don't know, but it seems as though whatever the purpose was there, it was definitely not to really help people. That wasn't the agenda.
0: Right. right. Well, I mean, and and maybe the agenda was to help people, but I mean, how, how backward can you get something so many times wrong so many times, and, and at least not then invite the idea that maybe somebody stands to make a buck or two, right? If there's not an agenda, if this wasn't malicious, if this wasn't financially motivated, you know how how do we get it wrong so often yeah so then you have to consider was was this motivated in some way were there winners and losers well there definitely have been winners and losers but were there people that stood to win were there people that stood to lose and were those people you know involved in um bringing to pass what what happened um drug companies with vaccines um repurposing drugs being you know and people that brought forward the idea of repurposing drugs silenced oh yeah and you know there's a lot of good and a lot of bad you could say about some of these names but at the beginning there was uh, dr pierre cory right right a little bit later dr robert malone and Again, there there are some things about these guys that maybe I I don't like so much. You know, maybe yeah. they've been a little inconsistent here or a little inconsistent there. Yeah,
1: I, mean, I think you were saying Corey. He kind of had the he kind of got a little hard headed. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: So he had his regimen that he was taking every day, and he ended up getting COVID. And this was the regimen that he said, "If you do this, you are not going to get it. You will not get COVID." Yeah. Right, um, more more or less. Actually, I think he said that so. Uh, yeah. if anybody wants to correct me, they can. And then he ended up getting COVID. And then he ended up doubling down literally and saying, I just need to double my dose. Anybody that's on this regimen needs to double their dose.
1: Right. Which, you know, you mentioned uh, Dr. Malone and and I remember right. listening to him and, and one of his cautions with, because Dr. Corey's, one of his things was the ivermectin. Right. Right. And so I do remember Malone saying that, yeah, there needed to be increased, but I also remember, uh, well, actually, no, he was talking about the this, this study, I think, that the CDC did and how they used such a low dose that, like, yeah, it wasn't going to accomplish anything. It was almost, sure. basically, he was saying it was almost like they did the study to fail and that there's been some other studies that have been better. And I, I haven't looked into those, the the ones on the ivermectin. I've heard some good things about it, you know. Um, obviously, you know, like Joe Rogan and uh, Tim from... Uh, Tim cast IRL they they took it that was part of their regiment they didn't take it alone they took it along with other things so you know we don't know um, but I have heard of some other people taking it and doing just fine but dr. Malone his concern was um I remember and this was uh, I don't remember when it was it was it's probably been at least a year ago okay um. His concern with the whole ivermectin is the long, there was, there, we don't really have any evidence of long-term, regular uh, prophylactic use. Sure, you sure. Know, we've got a lot of evidence of using it for uh, the...
0: Getting getting rid of parasites.
1: Yeah, getting rid of parasites and certain fever and, you know, those types of things. It's used a lot in Africa. You know, there's right. a lot of studies and there's a lot of use. And so it, it's relatively safe and mild side effects. Um, from what I understand, if there if there are any side effects. But his concern with that was he's like, I mean, basically, when I heard him talk about it, he was like kind of saying, yeah, it probably is a, a good drug to repurpose, right. but I don't know if we should be doing it uh, prophylactically long term. Because we don't know. Because we don't know. And right. so he was concerned with that. So he was actually, and that's one of the things he's been doing is digging into uh, repurposing drugs. And he used, what is that one that he mentioned on the Joe Rogan show? You
0: know, uh, Pepcid. It, it was, sorry, it was the non brand name of, of Pepcid, Basically but, an but an it acid. was, yeah, it was an antacid yeah. or a drug that we use for antacid. And you know, that's the crazy thing. I want to kind of take a little bit of a sidetrack here, right? But we live in a culture that will prescribe antipsychotics, And you know neurotropic, if you will, Uh drugs just hand over fist to you know try to help us with all of our our. Sorry, I thought we were entering the twilight zone there for a minute. We control the horizontal and the vertical. The.
1: Dun dun dun. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think you've got a great point. I think I know where you're going. Continue. We use all these psychos yeah, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Right.
0: And we don't even know how they work. Oh, no. Right? No. So, like, all the drugs that we use to treat mental things are, in essence, a repurposed drug. You know, it it was meant for this thing over here. And lo and behold, we find that it helps with... Well, depending on who you ask, it helps, quote unquote, um, with this, you know, mental thing over here, whether it be anxiety or depression right. or et cetera, et cetera. So why would we then take and apply a different set of criteria to these drugs that we use as parasitic or, you know, antacid or whatever the case may be? Why are we so afraid to say, hey, maybe this has some sort of unintended um, use, right? Yeah um, off brand use. Why are we so afraid to do that? What, what's the deal?
1: Again, I think it, it to me, we've done that in past, like right. in, in the past, you know, uh, Dr. Moon even talks about, um, I think it's when he was dealing with, um, in Africa, Ebola. Sure. When they were fighting that of, of trying to repurpose these different drugs and, and ivermectin has been shown to fight viral drugs or to help in those situations. So that's one of the reasons it was uh, that him and his team, uh, I kind of gather, were interested in trying that. But also in the Pepsi, he had reason that uh, that particular, I forget the name of it, but um, the antacid that he used when he got COVID in, in early 2020. And what was the condition that he had? That, yeah. from covid
0: oh they call it long covid yeah so basically it's the when covid gets down really deep um they call it lo- at one point long haul okay. uh covid but yeah it's the the covid that has those really really long-term side effects and long-term consequences okay
1: yeah so he uh, actually was having a real hard time with that he started taking that because they had used it in the past they had repurposed. A lot of what he does is just uh, look into repurposing. What is it called? The
0: generic for Pepsid is famotidine. Famotidine. There That's you go. That's F-A-M-O-T-I-D-I-N-E. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that one. Yeah, that one. But it's been used in the past in, in other circumstances. It's not like he's just you know playing Russian roulette or something. Sure, it's like, sure. Uh, they've spent time studying these things. So again, why with this particular virus did we, did we like, it was so politicized, right? Even from the beginning, it was like, it was, the virus was used as an attack medium for, against Donald Trump. I mean, that's what it seemed like the whole time. Like the Democrats are attacking Mm -hmm. him and he's going to be a hero. You know, he's, he's using it as as, you know, savior bait or whatever, he's going to become the savior of the world with his Operation Warp Speed. You know, so it's like, again, both sides. If we're politicizing it. It's like, no, we're only going to do the vaccine because, you know, that's going to exalt Trump. And, oh, no, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right. I mean, agendas, agendas, again. Agendas, yeah.
0: You know, and not, not trying to tout that because that happens to be the name of our show, or our podcast. I mean, we're just trying to bust it up. Yeah, I mean, but they really are we all have them, they're everywhere, but you know the question is why? What what could you possibly stand to gain? What 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 was gained by taking this particular approach? Who gained what? You know, that's what we really need to be looking at. Not conspiratorially or anything like that, but who out of all of this nonsense and I think it's safe to call it all nonsense that we've experienced with COVID, right? Just oh, yeah. all over the board. And all that's what I mean by nonsense. Yeah. is yeah. just everybody all over the board about this, that, and everything else. Who gained from that? We know some pharmaceutical companies gained from that. We know that... Um,
1: politicians.
0: Politi- maybe maybe politicians, right? I mean, kind of look at this whole concept of this red wave that might be coming, you know, may or may not be coming did the politicians really gain from that you know
1: maybe maybe
0: i mean it's it's hard to say but um
1: well i mean you. i don't know you, you look at the money that's been printed and sure look at the money that's gone into uh government so
0: inflation yeah and because of inflation more bottom line for the government
1: but I mean, look at the amount of programs that have been started in all these states. Like that's more money to all the states. And sure. Money and all these, you know, like what is that money really? What is the purpose of it? I mean, how much of it has been lost? How much of it? How much of it was to actually help the American people?
0: So then, you when you look at these things, you and again, not a conspiracy. Right. You have to at least ask the question: Was this particular approach taken to broaden social programs? And if you don't ask the question, you're not being honest, right? Yeah. Maybe the answer is no. Maybe the answer is yes. But I don't want to be branded with a particular iron for considering that fact. And we're in a culture now that will brand me for even throwing that question forward. Yeah, Like this guy's a conspiracy theorist, right? right. Um, Was this so that people would become more reliant and 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 if this was the the reasoning behind it it certainly backfired but is the the idea that people will become more trusting of and more dependent on drugs vaccines you know different things
1: oh i i feel like man like the opposite has happened you know it
0: has it has but well you know again what was intended what was the the agenda that started all
1: out they can save the day you know maybe they thought it was going to be more than it was
0: Right, right.
1: I mean Trump definitely uh toted it as like and he still is is pretty uh pretty pro vaccine. Sure, you know. Sure. Um,
0: and yeah. and you know, let's be honest. There are vaccines that work historically. We've seen that we've seen yeah. diseases eradicated due to due to vaccine. Polio is basically non existent anymore due to vaccine. Smallpox is gone. Right? Because of, of vaccines. Like, think there are diseases that have been eradicated. Right. And maybe this is a different topic for another show, yeah. but, you know, you could talk about, you know, weakened virus vaccines and killed virus vaccines and then these mRNA vaccines. I mean, we, we could get into the oh, nitty yeah. gritty of it. it just... But there's... And i if there are those listening that think vaccines are are not the answer that that's fine. I don't have a problem with you you know feeling that way. Um, I think that you are welcome at the table when we have discussions about vaccines, but I don't think that there's any arguing aside from whatever the potential side effects from vaccines could be, right, that vaccines have eradicated certain things that used to plague us, yeah. right like literally plague us.
1: Oh yeah, no. Polio and
0: Right, right. So, you know, who who stands to gain? Um, and anytime that you see something being fought against so hard or pushed so hard, you have to ask yourself who stands to gain, right? Right. And that doesn't make you a conspiracy theorist. That doesn't make you conspiratorial. If somebody is fighting hard, that means that they have a dog in the fight.
1: Yeah, there's a purpose.
0: Right, there's purpose a purpose behind it. Right, right. Anyway, I, I feel like we're kind of jumping from here to there, but there, I think there's, I think there's good stuff happening. I think there's truth happening.
1: Yeah. So, um, it seems as though the world is just done with COVID. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And that's where I was going to go next is, and I don't know if this is maybe not a, a buster thing or whatever, but but just this shift in narrative, in the narrative that I that we've I've seen, I feel like just over the last day, for example, let me read this. You know, over the last, um, I mean, really prior to this week, it's been like you know more lockdowns or you know there's just been, um, just kind of a hammering down. Now in some other countries they are hammering down on the mandates and on the vaccine sure. mandates and all that, but it seems like in the U.S. We've had a little bit of a shift because I think the American people are just done. And I think the politicians who are, for whatever reason, who have been pushing this are like, uh, we're going to suffer if we don't do something different. You know, it's, uh, that's just kind of my, my, I get this idea that they realize it's hurting them. Sure, and the reason I say that is because you know it's like, for example.
0: So before you start, um, what what news source or wh- where are you quoting from?
1: This one is actually one that doesn't normally just follow the narrative. Okay, it's the Epic Times. Okay, um, but it says, okay, they're they're reporting about a British trust. Treat COVID nineteen like common cold, says British trust while pledging $22 billion for vaccine research. Okay. Okay, so you have this, uh, this trust in, uh, in Britain. It's a nonprofit. I'm trying to remember. It was Britain's largest charitable foundation focused on health research, which has called for moving towards treating COVID-19 like the common cold. So you have this big trust, you know, this uh, and they're pledging twenty two billion dollars for research. So that's from the Epic Times.
0: So I just wanted to point out there because the Epic Times actually, you know, some people would consider that to be a polarized news source. But there was no editorializing there. We just talked about the fact that this this is what happened. Yeah, right? this
1: is what this, this group uh, reported, right? So you got that report from them and then you've got let's see if I can pull some of these other ones up.
0: Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out: you, you brought up, you know, that um, that b- trust of British doctors, if you will, right, that they had formed in order to fund COVID research. Mm-hmm. Um, about a week or a week and a half ago, there was a a doctor at Oxford um, that said, for all intents and purposes, this Omicron variant of COVID that we're dealing with right now is a different disease altogether. Right? You know, it doesn't even. It has the spike proteins. It has the the normal, normal coronavirus uh, appearance, right? Um, but for all intents and purposes, it's a different disease.
1: Yeah. And that was actually one of the points that Dr. Malone was making about the craziness of doing like a fourth or even a third booster, like of the boosters, because it's it is a, it's almost a different disease. It's almost like we need a... a and, you know, Pfizer, I've seen, I saw a headline that Pfizer's going to come out with yeah. an Omicron booster. And know?
0: that it'll be ready by March.
1: Be ready by March. Yeah, I, mean, I saw that. already have it, you know, have had it. But, right. Um, you know, again, that's, is what it is. So here's one. I thought this one was good. You'll like this sure. one. Sure. Um, slow internet here. Cannabis compounds stopped COVID virus from infecting human cells in lab study
0: sure well all the stoners out there are gonna be really happy about that one yeah but you know we could actually do a show on that one as well there's you know a lot of cannabis compounds that won't make you have the fun that you're looking to have that that seem to be effective against a lot of different things yeah and for the longest time for the longest time that was taboo to talk about
1: oh man and we we could spend a whole show talking and about you know where let's that do that came from yeah let's let's do that we should
0: Cool. Cool. So for because a that actually show.
1: plays into even kind of what we're talking about now, again, with these agendas, busting agendas, agenda right? Busters. Right. Um, so here's another one about the cannabis. Um, here's one, um, killer immune cells still recognize Omicron variant.
0: Killer immune cells still recognize Omicron variant.
1: Amid concerns over lost antibody defense, some reachers argue that more attention should be paid to T cells. Sure. So basically, the premise, the idea is that oh no, we still have immunity. There's still, so there. You know, a week ago, it was like oh, there. You know, we lost immunity. Oh, it's dangerous. We're gonna need a whole new booster and all this. And and now I, I just I'm starting to see this shift to where there's more and more articles like I, these. I just came up on Google. Like I opened my Google and there they are. And normally it's like. The fear mongering and, you know, more lockdowns and, and all this stuff. And it just seems like there's been kind of a shift.
0: So let me actually speak to that real quick, right? Because we've known for a very, very long time that if you take someone who's been in a bubble boy type environment, right? Sealed up and you expose them to something like the common cold, that it really wrecks their system, Mm -hmm. right? It really, really messes with them, right? So you could make the argument that from year to year, when I get a common cold, right? That, that, you know, it's annoying for a week, right?
1: huh.
0: That's, yeah. that's it. It's annoying for a week. I sniffle, I sneeze. Maybe I have some congestion, maybe because I have some comorbidities um, that, you know, my asthma kicks up, you know, it's not a fun time. Right. But it's, it's a cold, right? It lasts a week, two weeks. I'm done. Yeah. Right. But. My body responds in that way because I've had colds, right? I've had colds from the time that I was young, every year in in some cases, every other year in other cases. And when I get a cold now, part of the reason that my body doesn't just go into full metal panic is because I've had colds before. Right. Why do we um, try to separate and not take that approach to COVID? You know, I think, you know, I can kind of answer that to an extent. It's because of how impactful COVID can be right. for some people, yeah. right? But the reality is the numbers are showing that those that it really affects and those that it really impacts have, have those what are called comorbidities, right? right? Things that um, really will will complicate things, things that will really muddy the waters, right? But, you know, now... When talking about things like herd immunity, when talking about things like T-cells, right? Right. T-cells are the cells, if I recall correctly, that are designed to recognize a virus and then to teach other cells how to produce antibodies. Yeah. And there's obviously a delay time to where you're not... You know, you you're you're not fighting against it quite yet. The right, T cells the, are still learning.
1: Right, yeah. They're not the antibodies in your bloodstream or the you know, the Right. You from the, it's the ones that are like stored deeper from what I understand.
0: Right. And and again, if I remember my science correctly, <laughs> the T cells are the cells that teach your body how to make antibodies. Okay. Right? And they, they will recognize it. So they're like the, the tower guards that are really eyeing the people that are coming through and trying to figure out whether they're enemy or not. Okay. Right. And it takes a little time for them to relay. This is their, this is what their defenses, is. this is what their offensive, you know, strategy looks like. And then eventually they get word to the town. The town puts together a defense and in your body kicks it out. Right. Yeah. So anyway.
1: So that's why you have those sniffles for a little while. Or whatever. Right.
0: So why would we then, and again, maybe it's because of the severity of COVID, but why wouldn't we trust our body's ability to, to handle that sort of thing? Seeing now as COVID doesn't kill everybody, right. seeing now as COVID really doesn't kill per, percentage wise, it's certainly a whole lot lower than the numbers that we were getting at the beginning. When right. there's
1: a lot of therapeutics that we could be using to even lessen that. Sure. And, that's, that's and that we're... works for a cold. Right. You know,
0: we know that zinc will decrease the duration of a common cold by half to, uh, you know, uh, or at the very least a third, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, again.
1: So, so one of the things uh, Dr. Malone mentioned last week, I know I keep bringing him up, but that's just because he was just on uh, Joe Rogan and and I was interested in what he had to say, but... One of the things he brought up is that, you know, with this Omicron variant being so different, uh, one of his concerns is that we are, I'm, I'm trying to think of the analogy he gave. Oh, so it's like if you're a boxer, right? Uh-huh. And you're used to fighting or, or a martial arts guy and you're, let's say you're you're fighting someone who who does karate, a certain type of karate. Sure. Right? And you train against them, and that's the only type of person you train against, right? And you just keep training against the guy that does, or the people that do this particular type of karate, and then you face someone that does taekwondo, right? And But you've only ever fought people with karate, and so now you're facing taekwondo. You're not going to be as prepared to deal with taekwondo or some other form of martial arts as you are with, and so what he his point was that by continuing to inject our bodies with the same vaccine we're basically our body over time learns and basically he was saying that by, by the end of your lifetime your body has a almost like a better uh tool bag to deal with all kinds of different diseases and, and sicknesses because of uh, i'm assuming because of the t-cells and just you know the different things that your body learns and so what he was saying is by continuing to hit the body with this same vaccine, um, there's a concern that we're going to have like a like lessen the immune system because it's we've basically said okay no you only fight karate kind of thing. Mm. So watch
0: out for this, watch out for this, watch right. out for this, and then you get you know a left hook and, and you're done.
1: Yeah, and there is a study, and I think it's out of Denmark. If I remember correctly, again, it was a it was a video off of the Epic Times where uh, Roman off of the Epic Times. If you look for that, I should try to pull that up. Maybe we'll put that in the in the links down below. But this study was showing that, and it wasn't a big increase, but it was enough to actually, I think, cause caution because it was saying that, you know, if you had. In regards to Omicron, if you had like one, oh no, if you had two shots, it was either two shots or, or one booster. I can't remember, but it was like you were, I think it was like two point something percent more likely uh, compared to someone who just had natural immunity or who or who hadn't had the vaccine. You were like two percent more likely to get the Omicron variant. Sure, sure. If you had the third booster, you were like 3 point something percent more likely to get the. Uh...
0: Yeah, I actually think I remember um, Joe Rogan with Dr. Malone in that interview because I watched the interview as uh-huh. well talking about the study as well.
1: OK, did they bring it up? They there did. Too?
0: Yeah. Okay. And that the people that were most equipped to deal with the Omicron variant were the people that had been vaccinated at all. Right. Um, now, Delta variant, the vaccine actually did have some efficacy. Right. Um, my family got the Delta variant. Um, we we were vaccinated. It, our bodies didn't have to fight it as hard, right. right? We didn't have the cytokine storm that you know caused us to go crazy. Our right. bodies to go crazy. But the Omicron variant, again, being different, and in theory, each COVID variant that we get from here on out being different from the the year before. Uh, it, it seems like it might be time to take a different approach.
1: Right, and to stop hitting. Basically, and that was what uh, Dr. Malone, his point, I think, was kind of like we need to stop hitting with the same thing right? Uh, and take a different approach. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think he actually he brought up or maybe Roman brought up that, you know, there could be other reasons for this, you know, like maybe people who are triple vaxxed are more likely to go clubbing or right or right like and so it's not like oh for sure you're going to get it more if you've been vaccinated that's that's not the point but you know it does cause us to you know or at least gives caution hey maybe we we should look at this more sure and so but again this goes back to kind of where where we started is why aren't we willing to do that and mm-hmm. why does social media why does twitter and why does you know cuz Dr Malone got banned off twitter um, and all anyone else that brings up these other things like, well, you know, some sort of other treatment, anything that causes vaccine hesitancy, right. will get banned on Twitter or, and Facebook and, uh, YouTube. And so, but why can't we ask these questions? Sure. You know, and why aren't we, we've done it with every, you know, other diseases, uh, where it's okay to ask these questions. Um, but again, I, I think it comes back to um, we need to see, and, and maybe we don't need to see, maybe we just need to realize that we need to do a little more research as individuals and not just trust, um, whatever's being put out there.
0: Sure. There's a, um, not, you know, not to get into too much, um, scripture wise, but there's a, um, in the new Testament of the Bible, there is a follow me as I follow Christ. Uh-huh. Right. So there's the there's statement. So the idea being that you have to be convinced that the person that you're following is looking at things correctly. And if you become convinced then they're, that they're not looking at things correctly, then you should stop following them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we like the idea of I'm going to follow this person and whatever cliff they go off of, I'm going to go off of it, too. You know, there's the old adage like, if your friend jumped off of a cliff, would you jump off a cliff too? Right. But it, somehow we're willing to do that when it comes to, to our news. We're right. somehow well, willing to do it when or, it comes or to... Or
1: our, our uh, popular people, you know, let's say you're a AOC follower, you know, like sure. she's being a hypocrite. Like maybe you shouldn't listen to her. Right. Like, or well, your Donald Trump or whoever, you know, whoever you see that's being a hypocrite. Like, maybe you should look into why are they why are they saying what they're saying? What do they benefit from it?
0: Right, right. At least ask the question. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: Well, there's one more thing. I think one more thing? Yeah, there's one more thing we we're going to touch on. Uh, we're at about an hour and a half here. Yeah, yeah. Project Veritas. Did we want to dig into that? See, I,
0: I don't know. I, I kind of feel like we need to let a little more time pass and let things surface and find out what... Um, I actually really appreciate project Veritas, uh, James O'Keefe's organization and the others, right. That, um, tend to ferret out information that is really hard for other people to get at. They, they go deep, they go undercover, they get in, you know, into, um, they, they get their hands dirty, right. Getting into organizations that have agendas for sure. Organizations that have agendas, um, and they're able to get information that other people have not been able to, to get out. They've done it with Planned Parenthood. Um, they've done it with... And that's the one they're probably most famous for. But they've done it with a, a lot of different they organizations. They did it with, uh, I
1: think it was the re- Republican voting people in, in San Antonio, Texas. I remember that came out. And there was... Uh, yeah. There's been a lot of stuff. Right, right. Done. So maybe maybe for tonight, we'll just kind of throw out some some... Stuff So Veritas, Project Veritas has come out with um, some leaked.
0: Right, where it seems that there might have been some collusion at high levels in the National Institutes of Health near the beginning to kind of kibosh the idea that it was a lab leak.
1: Right, yeah. So there's that, and then there's also, which actually goes along with what the GOP recently released... Which is these emails um, from Dr. Fauci to, I'm forgetting the other doctor's name, and just some of the communications there that kind of seem to corroborate this. Right. And the, what, how, all this, how are we dealing with this right. type of yeah. emails? Yeah, how are we going to shut this down kind of thing. Right. And, you know, I, I don't know if you saw, but, you know, Rand Paul and Fauci, Fauci have a love relationship. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they were at each other again this week. But uh, it was over these, over the emails, the information that the GOP released. I've actually so.
0: seen lots of memes. Funny enough, it's like you know, it's almost like Fauci kind of like pose, pose for. There's a blunder for sure because there's this picture of Fauci holding up a a out or something that says fire dr fauci oh and it's just the most hilarious thing in the world and there's been so many people making memes off of this he thing. held it up yeah he that's what i'm saying thing and it's, it's like, like what do you expect
1: right everyone's <laughs> like yeah look he agrees no <laughs> <laughs> I, and oh. obviously
0: i think he was just trying to take rand paul to task on it like You're politicizing this. You're trying to raise money for your own campaign, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And and I'm sure there's an amount of that, right? I don't think that Rand Paul is pure as the driven snow. I think that, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders for economics. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders for other things. I don't agree with him on everything. Right. Right, But You know, I just again the whole thing with Fauci sitting there, incredulous look on his face, but at the same time he's holding up this printout of him and says, so "Fire!" Right. It, it was just too much. It was too good.
1: Yeah, yeah, they brought that up on on Tim Cast. <laughs> okay, just that's funny. Up about it. Yeah, that's been kind of a funny deal with the two of them, and uh, I, I, yeah. One of the one of the things I appreciate about that whole dialogue between the two of them is it shows. And this is, it's caused me to dig into some of the NIH.
0: National Institutes of Health?
1: Yeah. Into some of their documents and stuff online and to see the wording of some of these things about gain of function. And it's like, it's nothing but a big word play. Right, right. It's like... You know, well-crafted wordplay so that basically whatever Dr. Fauci says is, is going to be, can be made true. Or, or whoever else was before yeah. him or Who,
0: whoever else comes after him. Well, I mean,
1: he's been there since the 80s. Right. before I think.
0: But I mean, it's, we, we craft things in such a way that we can make things read however we want right. to, however yeah. we feel on whatever day.
1: Yeah. So anyways, that's where a lot of this uh, back and forth between Rand and him comes from. Is this uh, wording? Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. I feel like there's going to be more stuff come out this next week, and I feel like um, I, I feel like anyone who was is pro COVID or whatever, however you want to say that, is just going to kind of start backing off. Oh, there was the article from CNN. I think it was CNN that said. Um, or, or one of the mainstream media outlets that was talking about, it was like they were all up in arms because these hospitals were over, uh, over inflating the, uh, the death rates, and that the death rates weren't accurate and the sickness rates weren't accurate because they weren't reporting them correctly.
0: Right, right, and that was again, well, and not yeah. reporting them correctly or reporting them as they were told to report them.
1: Well, I think you're actually right. They were they were reporting them as they were told to report them. But the problem is how the CDC told them to report them.
0: Right, right. Which is, and, and there doesn't seem to be any controversy with this now. This seems to be kind of out in the open that someone comes into a doctor's office or an emergency room reporting an issue. And that issue, then, it, you know, the nose swab happens, um, the throat swab, you know, however they're testing for a particular variant of COVID. Um, and then it is branded as an admission, a hospital admission, because the person was presenting COVID symptoms, right? So it's this, this whole dishonest thing. And I actually know a hospital administrator. There's somebody in my wife's side of the family that has said, yes, we are told that if someone presents with COVID, that we are to code it that way so that the hospital is paid correctly. And we've been told to do that, right? But the way that the CDC has been using those numbers in different other organizations is that these are people that came to hospitals and doctor's offices seeking treatment With from COVID. These are people that died from COVID. Right. Even though they
1: might have died from...
0: The railroad spike that's sticking out of the back of their head. Right.
1: The gunshot wound to the forehead. Right. Well, that's one of the things I noticed in in, uh, listening to some of the South Africa studies is they actually make a distinction between Mm -hmm. those who are hospitalized with COVID and those who are hospitalized from COVID. Those who are on ventilators with COVID and those who are on ventilators from COVID. So right, but right. you don't hear that in the U.S. and even here in Oregon, I think I, you know, I've shared this with you. But we had a friend that was pregnant, and she went to give birth, and her and her husband both got COVID tested. And in the in the paperwork, it said you will be counted as a presumed COVID positive, right? Even though they were both negative.
0: Right, presumed positive. Yeah. And that that just had something to do with the fact that they had been in a broader social circle or something of that nature?
1: No, it's just because they got tested. So Now, when you go to the Oregon uh, Health Authority or whatever website, it says if you're showing symptoms right. and you get tested, you're going to be counted as a presumed positive, but that's not what the hospital said. They said... We're going to count you presumed positive because you basically because they came in there and they got tested, uh, even though it was negative. So when you looked on the Oregon reporting website, uh-huh. all the cases that they were reporting, they were they were reporting presumed positives as positive. So all the numbers that we have are skewed. If everyone right. that goes in the hospital is going to be presumed positive and they get tested, that's going to skew the numbers. That's just one example of something that I, that I had seen. Um,
0: so for those that are listening um baron and i are from the conservative bastion that is oregon in the pacific north Northwest yeah i gave it away huh? yeah and that's that's great um but you know oregon is not the only state that's reporting numbers this way
1: oh no yeah yeah i'm just uh for, for sure forward, but i familiar just with it yeah
0: exactly we're we're just talking about what we know
1: well but, and you know and we could spend all night on this we probably ought to start wrapping it up but one of the things i was going to point out too is just the uh and you know and i think dr malone brought this up about you know hospital people who are in charge of the money or whatever like going after doctors who were who were promoting treatments versus going to the hospital kind of deal and how hospitals get you know paid extra for each covid or they get paid a, a higher rate for someone that dies of COVID or someone that has COVID, you know. Uh, to me, that makes it real hard to think that the reporting's been accurate. You know? Right, and right. That, but the whole point of all that is, this, I've known this for almost at least a year. You've probably known that for a year. Why is CNN all up in arms now? Or why are these uh, networks, you know, coming out? Oh, how dare they be reporting it wrong? It's like, well, we've all known that. Right. And that comes back to my point of this change in narrative. It seems as though there's a shift in the narrative and I, you know, I can't help but think it's politically driven or or financially driven.
0: But now that CNN and other networks of their ilk have said it, it is blessed and <laughs> it is okay for us to believe.
1: Yeah. Okay. No, I well, that's mean, good. I
0: mean, in, in that way though, it's no different than any other dogma, right? Um, that's ever come down.
1: Well, that's the whole lab leak theory. Now it's like it's it's accepted to right. say that it was a lab leak. Whenever you know, in twenty twenty, you were being crucified for saying that. And right? There's people who got deplatformed because of questioning whether or not this might have come from a lab. I mean, there's doctors who who almost lost their license. Some of them might have actually lost their license for questioning you know, the lab leak theory, or or actually for posing the lab leak theory. So, again, uh, I think, you know, there's definitely a negative, ugly agenda there, and it's been busted. Busted. All right, man. Well, it's been good. I'm glad you're here. David skipped to doodod on us.
0: Hey, you know, that's all right. That's all right. And Stumpy over here, during the broadcast, we've actually seen him go down for the count like twice three times
1: oh yeah he he's dozed off stumpy or stubby
0: i don't know which 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 do you prefer i don't care he doesn't care all right,
1: he doesn't care. we'll call him both all right man <laughs> well
0: i'm sorry about that i didn't mean to offend you to uh you know use the name that your your mama didn't give you there stubby huh. <laughs> all right That's okay well it is about that time um and we are gonna go ahead and sign off for the evening uh go ahead and like subscribe give this video a punch depending on what platform you're listening to it on rumble it up whatever you got to do to support Make a comment us if you yeah have a question Support us in whatever way. If you have been blessed or uh, uh, by this or you have um, been encouraged to think a little bit deeper. Or
1: entertained.
0: Or entertained. Yeah, maybe, hopefully, you've been entertained. Um, let us know, and we will see you next time.
1: All right.